Welcome to Salem First Assembly Podcast. May this week's message by Pastor Brian D. Corkin be a blessing to your life in helping you to grow in your understanding of God's Word, strengthen your faith, and equip you to become all that God has created you to be. Good morning! Uh, that just brought me back to a movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. Hey, listen. It is a good morning. And the reason why it's a good morning is because who's in control? That's right. He's in control. And if we put God in control of everything we do, it's going to be okay. Look at your neighbor and say, it's going to be okay. We have been talking about the Spirit of God. And, of course, right after we do our mission convention, we're going to go into the book of Acts, verse by verse, verse by verse. And, um, and so as we get ready for a journey, the mission journey that God's going to bring us through, I wanted to take you a couple weeks talking about the Spirit and hitting different things about it. So we talked about the mystery of the Trinity in part one, and then we talked about where new life began because of the movement of the Holy Spirit moved upon you, you received the message, you accepted the message, and you became a born-again Christian. At that moment, the Spirit of God came upon you. And then we talked about how Jesus was always talking about the power of the Spirit to come. He was a promise of power. Someone say a promise of power. And so we talked about this promise of power. And in that, of course, you see in Acts when the baptism of the Holy Spirit came upon individuals, they spoke with tongues, they were endued with power, and great manifestations came out of their vessels. They did things that were just amazing. And and, and the thing is that sometimes in the world we live in today, When God does something supernatural, we go, oh, wow. But do you know that supernatural in the realm of believers should be natural? Really? Because that's who our God is. And today, I want to talk to you about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because, see, the initial initial filling of the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes in, it's on salvation. You are changed. You are transformed. But the dunamis of power, to be witnesses, witness of what? Witnesses of his demonstration working in you and whatever that God desires to gift you because you all have gifts. Now, I know many people have come up to me and say, well, Pastor, when, I, when, God, when God came to me, he didn't give me many gifts. I have a word for you. It's Greek. Liar. That's a lie. That's a lie. The Holy Spirit gives gifts. So I'm talking about the gifts of the Spirit. I am not talking right now about the baptism and the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, I believe, is the first part of really the major gifts coming out. When I got filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we'll talk more about this when we're in the book of Acts. When I got filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, oh my word, my whole life changed. It changed. The power of God fell on me and literally It changed me. What you see today is so different from where I was before. And life became so clear in some sense. And so I want you to understand that that the best is yet to come. But we're going to talk today about when the God in which you love wants to do something in you, empower you, through his spirit, he has given gifts to the church. How many remember my glove? Everybody say hi. (laughs) Hi. So, if I put the glove there, does that glove fulfill its purpose? The glove does not fulfill its purpose. I can tell it, glove, get up. 
glove, get going. And I can encourage it. I can speak to it. Nothing's going to happen to this glove. Same thing as you and I. God wants to do something in you and through you. And God, in his ways, will speak to you. And at sometimes make it very clear. But if you choose not to move, you stay right there. Now, God is working. Even though you don't think he's working, he's working. And you and I can truly understand that a glove on a table isn't going to do anything because we know, we know that the glove has to be filled to do what it's planned to do, to do its purpose, to do what it's God intended. And God has an intention for your life. He has a work for you to do, a distinct work, but you cannot say, well, God, just do it, God. I'll do it, but you've got you to make the first move. No, God has already moved. God has already done. What's not being done is a choice. Someone say choice. A choice. The choice is that you have to allow God to come in your life. You have to allow room for God to work. And, and, and if you do, it starts by saying yes to Jesus. You say yes for salvation, but you also say yes in obedience to his will. So the Spirit of God wants to come in your life. Now, there's a person right now on the table who's filled with the Spirit of God. God's come into their life. I'm going to go one step further. They've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. They've had an encounter with God. God has gifted them. God has empowered them. They have a plan for their life. Someone say plan. I'll tell you what. I never thought I was going to be a preacher. Never in my wildest dreams, that was the last thing on my list. But when God filled me, all of a sudden, boy, everything became clear. I left my trade, and I'm like, never. I, one day I just said, I'm not renewing my license. And that was a big deal. I worked many, many years on those licenses. And so God just did something in my heart. Now I had to do something to do with it. Now he's saying to me, go to school, Brian, go to school. And I'm saying, I hate school, God. I cheated through school. And God's saying, go to school, go to school. I don't want to go. I was touched by God, filled by God. God had a plan for my life. But I stood on the table until one day I yielded myself to God. And now... I started to do his work. And now I started to do what he wanted me to do. I started to do what he wanted me to do. And now the glove has now become active because it's now filled and it's now under the obedience of the body of Christ or God himself, or in this case, the glove becomes obedient to the person who fills it. Unless it's picking up leaves. Then the body doesn't want to do it. You see what happens is the Spirit of God wants to empower you, but your choice of your will will affect what God does in you and through you and around you. You want to say, well, I don't believe in all that stuff. That's fine. Don't. There are a lot of people out there who don't want to believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They want to believe in the power of God. They'll believe in everything else, but they'll just pick things out of the list that they just don't swallow and follow. That's fine. My philosophy in life, I want everything God has. And because I had that attitude that I want everything that God has, God has met me every sin, single, uh, uh, since all through the way. He's just been there. Has it been easy? Someone yell out, no. no. Now, you should do a lot, a lot of that. Trust me, I would. Someone say no. No, it hasn't been easy at all. But, but when I stayed in there, I got to see what God was doing. And boy, has it been good. So I want to take you on a journey today. 
And I want to show you a couple things about, first of all, let's look at Jesus was when he was on earth. Look what Jesus did over and over again. He said this, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. So once again, someone say choice. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. Someone say forever. This is talking about the Holy Spirit. This, the Holy Spirit is in it to win it. He loves you. He's out to show you Jesus Christ. He's out to show you all God's goodness. And Jesus is constantly, constantly telling, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit because that's well, the Holy Spirit is what's in you. Look again in Luke chapter 24, verse 46. It says this. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. Someone say all nations. That's what our mission convention is about. It's about getting the word of God out to all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem. You are my witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised. Promised power. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Jesus is always telling his disciples, listen, there's something more. Someone say there's something more. Look again in Acts chapter 1. We'll go through this in a little bit more detail when we get there. Acts chapter 1, verses 48. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my father's promise, which you have heard me speak about. Jesus was constantly telling the disciples about this. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they meet together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them. It is not for you to know the times and dates my father has set by his own authority. But, but you will receive power. Someone say power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Yeah, saints, I'm going to try to. There's so much in me and I, I just want to get this through. God has so much more for you. Can I just say, just say that. God has so much for me. Say that. God has so much for me. There. God has so much for me. But often, we just focus on a problem or a circumstance or a situation, and the enemy of your soul wants to rob all of that away from you because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what the devil's plan is, to steal, kill, and destroy. So I want you to understand we're going to go to a portion of Scripture found in 1 Corinthians. Now, you have to understand that the Corinthians church was a church full of God's giftings. They were a church that was on fire, full of God's giftings. However, they were also, now get this, I know some of you are going to have a problem with this, but it was also a carnal church, meaning that they weren't strong in their spiritual level, but the spiritual giftings were flowing. For some people, they probably have plenty to say about that. Nevertheless, they may not have been as mature as they should have been because they still were fighting with each other and they were still doing some things that they shouldn't be doing. And that just shows immaturity. But the giftings of God was there to edify and build up the church. That's what giftings are all about. It's so the church gets stronger when you use your gift that you have and you yield it for the purposes and plan and will of God. Someone say amen. So let's look at this portion of scripture here. 
This is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7. It says, therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift. They're very good. As you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed, he will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, who has called you into the fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. Someone say, he's faithful. Here's the Corinthian church, maybe having some issues, but God is faithful. I tell people all the time, especially when they start with their giftings, people think that when people have giftings, um, they expect to do right all the time or great all the time. You know, a gifting matures. It's like anything you do. How many ever got on a bicycle your first time and you didn't fall? Anybody? You got on a bike, boom. You know? How many have fell on a bike before? Come on, raise your hand. Wow. Wow. Okay. We're going to have some classes. (laughs) But the reality, did you get back up on the bike? Yeah, yeah. I remember I used to ride bikes and stuff, and I used to like, you know, jump in with my bike. This is my bicycle and uh, mini bikes and motorcycles and stuff. And so I loved, um, I loved speed when I was younger, and so I was a little, little bit, I don't want to say crazy, but adventurous. I was adventurous. And um, sometime back, um, and I fell many times and different things, and I got right back up. I mean, that's what you do. Uh, but not too long ago, we're looking at maybe 10 years ago, maybe maybe 12 years ago, I was over at my brother's house, and my brother had a quad. And uh, so I checked out. He says, you want to drive it? I'm like, yeah. So I got on the quad, and I just, and as soon as I got on the quad, I was back at being a teenager again. And I just like, yeah. I first time I'm on it, man. It's like, you know, I just... And my brother just looked at me and said, what is wrong with you? Have you not grown up? (laughs) And I said, I guess not. But, because it's just something that was in my blood when I was younger, right? It's just one of those things. So we could be immature in a lot of different ways. Just because you're older doesn't mean you're mature. Look at your neighbor and say, he might be talking to you. (laughs) Your age does not declare your maturity. And so the the church in Corinth were kind of immature, but God was blessed them with all their giftings and and that they had many gifts uh, that were there. And so that's what he says. You do not lack any spiritual gifts as you eagerly wait uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. I want you to, um, we're going to go to a portion of Scripture now in this book in 1 Corinthians, and I call this the sandwich um, uh, the sandwich theory or the sandwich uh, uh, chapters. Uh, chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 14 is really about spiritual gifts. And we have the two pieces of bread with the real meat in the middle at chapter 13. If I said 1 Corinthians chapter 13, what would you tell me? It's the what? Yeah, yeah. Everybody says it's the love chapter. Chapter 13 is the love chapter. God is love. You're absolutely right, right. And everybody uses it at a wedding, and it's good. It's not wrong. However, it's necessarily the truth is there, love. It's about love. But this whole thing is about giftings. Because if you have a gifting and you have not love, it profits nothing. And love is the greatest gift. That's why Jesus died, for God so loved the world. 
And so I want to talk about a little bit of gifting. So we're going to go to chapter uh, 12 of 1 Corinthians. And if you could follow along with me. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. Someone say same spirit. But there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God that worked all of them in all men. So this portion of scripture is letting you and I know that there are different kinds of gifts. There's a variety of different gifts. And with those variety of different gifts, there are different services. That's simply uh, different administrations, different purposes for this gift. Uh, Let's look at it this way. Um, There are a lot of services out in the world. But if your toilet breaks, do you call an electrician or do you call a plumber? So every gift has a distinctive work. It has a distinctive service of what it's supposed to do. And different kinds of working is different expressions of power, different expressions of operation. And they're various. And God put these gifts to the church, to you and I, to you and I, so that you can build your church, build his kingdom. It's sort of like this. God says, listen, you're going to be in a tough world. I'm going to give you what you need so that you can be my light and be my salt. But this is how it operates, though. You have to go to God. You have to keep your relationship with God fresh. You have to keep your relationship with God on an ongoing basis. It's like when Jesus said that you need to be connected to the vine. It's connected to the source. Someone say connect to the source. If I put your finger in the electrical socket, what would you say? (laughs) Would you know it? Of course you would. Why? Because you connected to the source. And that's why it's a daily basis of connecting to God. Look what verse 7 says of this chapter. It says in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, Now each one of these manifestations, these gifts, these outward expressions of a divine work of God, manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Common good. What does that mean? Common good. The common good is simply this. It's for all of us. God has given no gift to anybody's own private advantage or exclusiveness. It's sort of like when you have a gift of God, guess what? It's not yours. God's given you a gift. Now, it could be in so many areas, but that gift is to be a blessing, not just to you, but to someone else. If you take your gift and you make it all about you, but you don't make it about others, you short-circuit your gift. That's why it's so important. Blessed is he who gives than than one who what? Receives. So you have giftings. God's gift is for the benefit of others so we may build the body of Christ. So when these gifts are given unto you, it's for the common good. It's for the the congregation, it's for the people, it's for the community. Verse 8 and 11, look what it says. To one, there is given through the Spirit message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one of the same Spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. Now, let me end, I'm going I'm to say this now, 
I could say it later, but I'm going to say this now. I want you to understand that when we talk about the different types of tongues, this is not talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is something that is personal. It's your empowerment. This is about the church empowerment on these giftings here. Very important, very distinctive. A lot of people get confused because as, you look, as we continue, you'll see what he's trying to say. And I'll show you that just in a little bit later. But look at these giftings right here. First one, wisdom. God actually can give you wisdom beyond your age. Wisdom to know things that you don't know. This works really strange sometimes, and it happens where I'll know something, and I know nothing about nothing. And God will just speak to your heart something. It's ability to apply spiritual truth to meet a specific need or a situation. God gives you what you need at that right time. God gives you wisdom. What should I do? As you seek God, God will give you a wisdom. Now, wisdom is a gift that you can walk in this. You can walk in wisdom. And people don't, but people don't desire spiritual gifts. And we're going to talk about this in a little bit. We live our lives, but we're not hungry. And my heart desire, I'm hungry. I just be right out. I'm just a hungry, hungry hippo. I don't want to be a hippo. But I'm hungry as a hippo. I want more of God. I want more and more of God. And I want you to want more of God. And I don't care what age you're at. Moses started his ministry at 80 years old. Hello. Does why I hear any takers? He started at 80. So forget your age. Look at your neighbor and say, stop making your age an excuse. Mm. Let's go on. It says knowledge, knowledge. To some, the message of knowledge. Knowledge provides truth by revealing critical information, biblical understanding, and supernatural insight. God gives you a knowledge, an understanding of something that only comes from God. It's like this. This is how it happens sometimes. The gift of knowledge is that all of a sudden, you'd be talking to someone, and the person would say, you have a major debt that's so heavy on your heart. And all of a sudden, the person says, oh, my word. Yeah. How did you know? God gave the understanding to a situation. You see, these are giftings that God gives to his people. Why? Why? For their glory? No. So that individuals may see for the common good of the people so that people are strengthened because they know God is working with them. These are just the aspects. But we come sometimes in our Christian walk, we, we dell out. We get so used to it. It's like going to church is something I have to do, not something I want to do. We just, it's almost, it's almost something like there's no passion. And because if there's no passion, there's no connection to God. Because when you have a connection to God, it's like having the same connection with a family member. In, you know, your connection to your son, connection to your daughter, connection to your wife, connected to your husband. When you have a connection, you don't dread the moment of spending time with each other. You understand what I'm saying? And we need to have that connection with God. And God has these giftings, the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, gift of faith. A faith is a strong confidence. Someone say confidence. I love my, one of my life scriptures is Philippians 1.6. Be confident of this very thing that he which begun a good work in you shall perform it until, until, until the day of Jesus Christ. That's promise. God starts a plan, works a plan, finishes the plan. That's promise. Someone say that's promise. 
The same promise that God has given to me, has given to you. we got the promise and the power of God. But we need to seek God and want God and want to be in his presence. Can someone say amen? amen. Don't get me preaching. Miracles. Miracles shows God's power through supernatural actions. I have seen God work some total miracles in my life. I can remember them, and when God does it, I have no explanation. I'll give you just two, and I can give you more. But when they just happen, I don't know they're going to happen that day. I'm just walking on obedience. I'm in a hospital, and I'm going down. I'm just getting ready to leave the hospital. I've already visited. I've already, I'm done with my agenda. See, we've got to remember, we're always on an agenda, we, we people. And I'm all done, and someone comes up to me and says, You're a pastor? Because I didn't look like one. Do I look like a pastor now? Come on, do I? Some of you say, no way, because I'm not in a suit. I know you. (laughs) Jesus wasn't in a suit either. He just came in his regular attire, you know, a Jewish attire. But nevertheless, it's just go there. And they said to me, are you a pastor? And I'm like, yes. And he said, well, I have a person. They're in ER. They just brought in, and um, they're very, 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 very sick. And uh, so they brought me there, and um, I go in a room. We've got about, a, about, I don't know, 15 people, because I guess this person's ready to die. And um, it's a rough crowd. So just as I say, I'm going to say it's a rough crowd. And for a preacher to come into this crowd, I lost like one thir- two-thirds of the group just coming into the room. <laughs> but this one guy, Jess, was really cool. And uh, they said, well, you know, this is my grandmother. And, I, and, she, and, and they said she's going to die. And, and she didn't look very good. And, um, and so I told them, but listen, this is who I am. If you don't like who I am, I'm good with that. But until God speaks, I pray for life. I pray for life. If God so chooses otherwise... That's God. God chooses the ultimate plan. But I'm going to pray for your grandmother that she lives longer as a testimony that God rules and reigns. And if you allow me to pray that life will happen in her, I will pray. That's what I said to the group that stood in the room. The guy that saw me on the elevator said, go ahead, Pastor, do whatever you want. <laughs> kind of like do your thing, whatever, you know. So I said, okay. And I prayed over the lady and, you know, and I prayed with passion. I prayed with faith and I left the building. Nothing supernatural at the moment took place. Everybody got that? But I prayed and believed God, and I left, and I felt good. I said, God, that was great. That was really great. I was in the hospital the next day. Someone said the next day. Next day. I was in the hospital the next day, and I run across that same young man. He says, hey, you the guy that prayed for my grandmother. i be honest, I forgot what he looked like already. And I had to take him, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 that's right. You know, I just totally forgot, because just life moves on fast. He said, we're taking her home today. And I said, what? <laughs> I felt good. I didn't know how good. I would, well, you're taking her home? What do you mean? She said, well, just a couple hours later, everything went from one extreme to she's fine, and they just wanted to keep her overnight, and I'm coming home to take her home. She's good. And He thanked me, and I said, listen, God just did a supernatural miracle for you to understand. He rules and he reigns. Now, what you do with that, young man, what you do with that will determine what happens in your life. You understand what I mean? God has shown up. What are you going to do with this? 
He was pretty cool and everything. He was really receptive. And I left him and never seen him ever since. You know? I, and I can tell you this happened many times. God has supernatural. Don't count God out on a person or a situation because God rules. And where he rules, he reigns. And where he reigns, his peace will be felt. His power will be felt because he's God. He great. How great is his name? Give him some praise in the house of the Lord. For he deserves it. He deserves it. He deserves it. He's God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't get me preaching. Oh, my. I feel like I want to blow up. (laughs) Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, we look at these powers, these supernatural acts, but God's still in it. And I know, I know things are happening. I know it's tough sometimes, and I understand it. I don't understand anything. I don't understand why God works here and does that. I don't know that. I just got to trust him like you. But he's working. He's working. Prophecy. Prophecy is a guide to guide others by speaking truth. Two, to cause correction or to help them come to repentance. These are giftings. Discernment, very important. We should all pray that God give us the gift of discernment. discernment, To be able to distinguish between truth and error, fact or fiction. Something that's associated with the enemy or something associated with God. You need to have the right discernment. These are God's gifts. When's the last time you hungered for all of God? For the last time, you hungered for all the things that the Spirit of God wants to equip you with. And then the second thing is what God has already equipped you with, with your giftings. How well are you stewing, stewing them and giving them to God? Just a question. And then speaking in tongues, that's a talk of language, an unknown language that you've never, ever uh, spoken before. That's a baptism, but this is, this is, this is here is speaking in tongues with a prayer worship or or an exhortation to the church. But those who speak in tongues, the Bible says, and I'm just going to touch on this, you never speak unless there's an interpreter there. Because really, the greatest thing is prophecy, the Bible tells us. To speak words that people can understand, to to bless them, but gifts. And then, of course, the interpretation. So I really believe a person in tongues, when you're going to have a, a, a ministry that's vocal, be also one that can interpret those tongues or pray for God that God would give you that interpretation of tongues it's the ability to understand what one speaks in tongues to communicate it to the people you see God works in strange ways look at your neighbor and say God works in strange ways he does and then say people are a little strange (laughs) (laughs) but isn't it true come on I mean, his ways, the Bible says in Isaiah 55, his ways are higher than our ways, as high as the heaven is from the earth, so his ways higher than our ways. Man, so I'm just trying to get you to think outside your boat a little bit and know there's a spirit of God who wants to encounter you on a daily basis wherever you are. And wherever I am, I'm always asking God, God, is there anybody here you want me to speak to? Everywhere I go, there are days I am tired. There's a days that I just want to have a meal without any conversation. Anybody ever been there before? I'm just being honest. Yeah, just one moment. And sometimes, you know, because on some of these conversations, it's everywhere I go. And I, and I don't mind it sometimes. I don't. But sometimes my body's tired. And I say, Lord, I just want to be able to have a meal without going into a long deal. Can I have, you know? And every time I seem to say that to God, God never agrees with me. <laughs> you know? 
It's kind of neat, actually, because after it happens, I'm so glad it happened, you know. But I'm open. I'm saying, God, who do you want me to speak to? I'm listening to the Spirit of God speak to me. I'm giving them room to work. I'm just asking God, God, who do you want me to speak to? I don't just go into the restaurant and it's all about me. I'm listening. God, is this person open? Is this God receptive? And sometimes I'll feel the waters out a little bit. I'll just say something and see the response. And when they respond, I'll see how they respond to me. Because sometimes the lack of response communicates the right response. It's just being, you know, really understanding. Many gifts, but once one Spirit at work. If we look at 1 Corinthians, and I want to hear your homework tonight, is to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14. That's your homework. If you want to take one chapter each night, go right ahead. But that's your homework because chapter 12 is a lot in there. And when we look at chapter 12, verses, verses 12 to 26, it's really explaining the body. The body is made up of many parts, right? You have 206 bones. That's just one aspect of this incredible body. And when you look at this, we're made of very parts. And the Spirit of God works in one body that has many, many gifts, all to glorify God. And God says in verse 18 in this chapter, but in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body in every one of them just as he wanted them to be. And God does that to the church. If you're here and you have a gifting and your gifting is to be added to the other giftings to the body of Christ, so the body of Christ could be strengthened. Someone say amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you are important to God. And I say unto you, you are important to us. You are important to us. Every single one of you. And even those online, you are important to us. That's why we want relationship, because you can't build and help people unless you are in relationship with them. And if relationship's going to happen, it has to be two-way. Someone say two-way. Yeah, it's two-way. It's the only way it's going to happen. It's got to be this way, and then then it got to come this way. It can't just be one way. So, verse 26 says, If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So, I want to take you now to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 and 28. And I want you to see this, because God gives some gifts and he also has offices as well look at this in verse 27 28 you find this also in the book of ephesians now you are one body of christ and you'll notice also in this portion of scripture um uh, uh re, uh, re again the same some gifts so i'm not going to cover the gifts that we already covered in the church of god has appointed first of all apostles second prophet third teachers then workers of miracles also having gifts of healing those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. So let me go over a couple of the gifts that we haven't covered so far. But before I do, I want to show you just the top part. Look at the top part for a second. Now you are the body of Christ. Look at your neighbor and say, you, you're it. Just say, you're it. Well, man, ask your neighbor, what are you doing for it? <laughs> Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. You're part of the body of Christ. So what part are you doing for it? Are you participating in things that you can participate? Are you what I call a one-timer? Just one time, at, one time you're at churches that Sunday. That's the only time. You're a one-timer. You know, there's so much going on throughout the whole week. Does anybody know? A whole bunch of stuff goes on there during the whole week. Verse 28. And in the church of God 
has appointed. So the church of God has appointed first apostles. And what are are apostles? Well, that's that's kind of simple. Apostles are overseers of ministry. Most apostles are looked at as missionaries. They go out and kind of stop works. That's kind of missionary. Nowadays, you know, missionaries actually kind of the closest to apostleship because they start churches. But an apostle could also be someone who's um, going out in fresh areas, starting new works and stuff like that. Um, Teaching. That is a person who can explain biblical truth. There's a difference between preaching and teaching. Preaching exhorts, challenges. Teaching explains and brings understanding. Both are essential to spiritual growth. And so teachers who are just teachers, they may not be um, charismatic. They may not, they're just teachers and they explain all are very important to the house of God. Someone say amen. And so God has given people the ability to explain truth, to, to be able to communicate to someone and put the cookies where they're at. You know, if I started talking to you about algebra, but I don't know nothing about algebra, because I don't like algebra. But Stephen could come up here, and he could talk to you about algebra way better than I could because he understands algebra. His gifting in that subject would be good, but if I was to try to talk to you about algebra, it wouldn't happen. Because when I was in school, algebra was not something you had to take. It was an elective and I chose to go to gym. <laughs> you know why I started my you know why I started my algebra class? They gave me a choice. And they said, "You got a choice. I had 2 weeks of gym or uh, 2 weeks of academics with 2 weeks of gym and 2 weeks of trade school and uh, no gym." And so they said, "During the time of academics, you can go 1 week gym and 1 week to algebra. What would you like to do?" So I looked into the class. It was all girls. And I said, algebra. (laughs) I was in the class for one day, 55 minutes. And I said, no girl is worth this. I'm going to gym. (laughs) That's a true story. Then they made it a primary thing to do, and now everybody has to take it now. So praise God that I'm I'm my age. (laughs) The only advantage. Um, this is something I think a lot of you have this gift here. Right here you see, right, um, if you go um, able to help others, this is called a gift of helps, a gift of helps. These are individuals who, you know, if someone drops something, you'll be quick to go help them, you know? A person who has a gift of teaching, say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. That, first of all, we should be able, to, you, you, be able to do it this way because we don't want this to happen here. And they're thinking it through a whole process. The gift of person, the gift of help doesn't think about anything. They're already on the floor and they're ready to mop it up even though they're going to get all dirty. And so the, girl, the guy with the gift of teaching is going to say, well, wait a minute, there's a process here to do this because if we go ahead and do this, then you're going to get all dirty yourself. So first of all, let's go ahead and do this. I'll do this first. See, there's a little different in our giftings. But people who have helps, they just will get dirty. They'll just get, they're ready to help you because why? You have a need. And a lot of you have that gift in this church, and I understand that, and we're grateful for that, a gift of helps. 
And then administration is simply this. You are very good about administration. You can organize and execute ministry while knowing how to accomplish desired goals. Administration is now, okay, that person there is going to take a bunch of people now and say, okay, you're going to do this here, you're going to leave this over here, and then this will happen over here. And, and everybody has their giftings. When you bring all the giftings together, great things take place. Look at your neighbor and say, how hungry are you for God's gift? Go, just tell them, how hungry are you for God, God's gift? Let's look at verse 29, 31. We're going to be covering quick here. We'll cover this at another time, a little bit more in, in more depth. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have the gift of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, but eagerly desire the greater gifts. This is what I told you before. This is not about your personal prayer language in tongues and your baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is the working of the Spirit happening in the body, in the community. And not everybody has the same gifts when it talks about body ministry. And so you have your gift, whatever that gift is, for the community, for the body to work. But the Bible says something I think is really great because the way that is given to us is not desire one time. But says, but eagerly desire the greater gifts. What, why, what is that? It's the greater gifts that's going to make the greatest impact on the body of Christ for others. What would be something that would make the greatest impact in your family, in your church, in your community. Think about it. It's not about us. Say it again. To, say that to yourself. It's not about me. No, it's nothing about us. It's all about God. But God wants to empower you with gifts. He wants to help you. God wants to help you do great and wonderful things. And it says that not all, not all have these gifts. So absolutely right. You know, there's some gifts that I'm, I'm lacking on. That's why I need others to come alongside of me to help me in these areas because I'm not gifted there. And it's the wise individual to recognize areas that you're just not good at. It's just not your gifting. I could build something if I needed to build. Build a shed, build something, fix something, build a cabinet, build a kitchen. I could do that like not a problem. But go ahead and tell me to rewire a house. I don't do that. I'm not electrical oriented. My brother, when, he, my, when I was younger, my brother was an electrician. So when you have people that do it for you, um, it's nice to have those people that do electric or whatever, you know, and you have those people along the way that do it because you're not good at it, and that's okay, but that's why you want to bring people around you that are better at things than you are because that's how you get stronger because it's all about what? Team, right? Look at your neighbor and say, are you on the team yet? Good. Look at your neighbor. Ask them. Ask them. Are they on the team yet? Come on, get on the team together. Everyone achieves more in the house of the Lord. So let me kind of close this a little bit and bring this down. 1 Corinthians 13, as you know, is the love chapter. This is the meat. This is the meat. Someone say, where's the meat? (laughs) Do you know the commercial I'm talking about? Okay. So here's the meat. We're just talking about the gifts. Okay, God's talking about 12, the gifts. Now he's putting the meat in, and his, I'm just going to give you a small portion about this, and you know the love chapter. 1 Corinthians 13, If I speak in tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I go over to the cymbal right now, and I just start hitting it, making noise. Just noise. I don't have love. That's the same thing as having a gift without love. It's just noise. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and if I have faith, oh, 
that can move the mountains. Hallelujah. But I have not love. I am nothing. Wow. If I give all I possess to the poor, oh, that's great. And surrender my body to the flames, that's sacrificial. But I don't have love. I gain nothing. God's given us an understanding of a better way. It's love. So whatever gifting you have is because God gave them to you or God wants to give them to you, but you need to make sure that you know where the meat is. The meat is your love that you have for God and the love that you have for others. And when we do it in the right way, that's when God is blessed and the people of God are strengthened. Someone say amen. amen. I know I'm covering a lot here, but we're back to the other piece of the side of the bread. <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 14, look at verse 1. Follow the way of love. Now watch this, it's important. And eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Did you catch that? especially the gift of prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. That's power right there. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. This is Paul the Apostle saying this. But I would rather you prophesy. This is talking about the body ministry now. He who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues unless he interprets so that the church may be edified. So he's saying, listen, the giftings are important to the church but make sure the giftings that for the church are going to edify the church. And here it's talking about this, is that if you're speaking in a tongue, another person's not going to know it unless there's an interpretation. So if you have a gift of tongues and there's no interpretation, then edify, praise God, edify, and then you just keep silent until you know that there's someone that can interpret. And I believe with all my heart that you should pray. If you speak in tongues, you should be praying God that God give you the interpretation as well. Because I did my, for, and I did, and you know, and I, and I believe that's just something that should, that's, a, that's growing in maturity, not just, because you know what? You don't get me wrong, except for the initial evidence of baptism, that's very powerful, that's life changing. But the giftings, when it comes down to giftings, there's a lot of the giftings that are more important than speaking in different types of tongues, that's for sure. But God has a place to use all of it, all of it's important. Look at this now. <clears throat> in verse, when you look at verse, next verse here, in 1 Corinthians 13. I'm sorry, it went the wrong way on my PowerPoint, didn't I? Hold on. Look at this. Let's go now into Romans. Romans chapter 12 is another one, and I'm just going to conclude. It says this, so in Christ, we who are many form one body. Someone say one body. And each member belongs to all the other. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it to, in its proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others. This is the person who has a gift of giving. That's another gift, the gift of giving. Let him give generously. 
If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. It is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. This portion of scripture in Romans chapter 12 is emphasizing a very important part. So that we who have many gifts are still one body and we have different gifts. And in these different gifts, we work together. And in that aspect, what happens in the church? The church is better. So whatever your gifting is, I want you to understand it. Start to understand, what is your gifting? What is your gifting? We have a gift questionnaire here at the church. If you haven't ever taken it, let us know. You can take this and it really will pinpoint a little bit where your giftings are. These are giftings that God has already, you have in you already. And then there's these giftings that God can give you. It's this constant thing. People just stay with the same gifts all the time and never hunger for any more. I have noticed that where I, where I started over here, and I also noticed my giftings have actually uh, changed and, and, and different things going on. Why? Because of the Spirit of God. We're not supposed to, you know, die the same way that in our gift. We desire and eagerly desire the spiritual gift. Someone say hunger. Man, hungry, hungry hippo, right? This is a powerful portion of Scripture of God. have a lot to say about the spirit of the gifts that come from the Holy Spirit. But I want to just speak to you for a second here, and I just want to ask you a question. And this is the question I'd like to ask you. I really want you to think about this. Please, think about this. How much desire... Do you express to God to receive all, all that God has for you? How much desire? You say, well, pastor, I'm already this old already. Don't, don't give me your age. Don't give me an excuse. Because you know that anybody who wants an excuse will find one. Amen? So I want to ask you now, how much desire do we express to God to receive all that God has for us? How hungry are you? The scripture says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. That means you're asking God, God, I'm hungry for all you want. God, I am open. What do you want me to do? And whatever you want me to do, Lord, empower me to do it by the power of your spirit. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, be ye filled. That means that word there in the Greek is a constant filling up of the spirit of God. Empowering, just like you fill up your car. You don't just put it in one time and that's it. We wish. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? You, put your, you fill up your car and you're like, hey, I'm still on full. Dun, 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 dun. I'm still on full. No, you've got to constantly fill your car. That's the same thing with the Spirit. It's called relationship. It's called interaction. It's called finding yourself in the presence of God. And God continues to do a work in you. Be ye filled. Eagerly desire the spiritual gift. Follow the way of love. The Spirit of God desires to empower you for service to do his work. Gifts are to be received. If I was to give a gift to you right now, you would have to have your hands and to receive it. If you went like this and you wouldn't receive it, then you wouldn't receive God's gift. God's always trying to give you what you need when you need it, but you need to receive God's gift. When was the last time you had a desire for God's gifts of his Holy Spirit? Have a desire to be pleasing before God. Have a desire to really ask God, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? 
When's the last time you said, God, I'm going to be dedicated. I'm going to be committed to your ways and to your word. I'm in it to win it, God, and I'm yours. When's the last time you really had a heart-to-heart talk and really thought about it? I'm here to just challenge you about the Spirit of God who wants to continue to shape you and change you so that your sanctification process, that is the process you go on as you grow in God, And become changed by the power of God. It's a gift. Maybe, maybe you're here today, and maybe those online, maybe you haven't received the first gift, the gift of salvation. That's the greatest gift. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. What a great gift that is to receive the gift of salvation. We were all sinners, we were all lost. And yet, even the ones that put Jesus on the cross, he said, He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And he stretched out his arms and he died for the very ones that put him on that tree. God so loves you. God so loves you here. And I don't know if Jesus is your Savior. I don't know if you said, Father, forgive me of my sins yet. I don't know if you truly have made God your Savior, your Lord. And here's the best one that I love, your best friend. I don't know if you've done that yet, but if you haven't, Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Today is a new beginning of a new chapter that God wants to do in your life if you just give God, give God your whole heart and say, I'm in, I'm in it, God, to win it. I'm in it. I don't understand it, but I'm going to trust you. And that's important to say. I'm going to understand it, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to yield my way to your ways, my will to your will. And maybe that's what you need to say. Maybe that's what you need to say. I don't know. God knows. God's speaking to your heart right now, but the Spirit of God wants to do something in the living tabernacle. He wants to do something. He wants to do something for those online. And just to say, Father, forgive me of my sin. I have sinned. I've done it my own way. I need you to come into my heart. I want you to make your home in me. I ask you to forgive me. And I believe you died on the cross and you rose again on the third day. And now you sit on the right hand of the Father waiting for that day that I see you face to face. And I thank you for the work you did at Calvary. I receive Jesus as my Savior. What a great prayer it is. What a great prayer. What a great prayer. And I pray right now, if you said that prayer in your heart, you said that prayer right now and you meant it with all your heart to finally to finally say God I'm no longer resisting your ways I'm no longer res- I'm I'm yielding God I'm all in I'm ready to learn and ready to grow become the person just raise your hand maybe online just just say here I am raise your hand raise your hand yes 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 hallelujah says God here I am here I am here I am blessed be the name of the Lord can you stand to your feet God saves you, and then God has a greater work for you. Don't think it ends right when you get to know him as your Savior. No, no, no. The best (laughs) is yet to come. The best is yet to come. How many know that? Come on. The best is yet to come. Oh, yeah, wave those hands before the Lord because he's worthy of praise. The best is yet to come. Hallelujah. Let's go before Father. Father, we are so grateful because of who you are. We thank you for that great gift of salvation. We thank you for that great gift of your spirit baptism and your spirit in gifting empowerment for service, God, to be your witnesses for such a day as this. And God, I pray right now, will you help our hearts to be hungry for you? 
Will you touch bodies, touch minds, touch lives, oh God, by the power of your Holy Spirit? God, we ask, do a work, oh God, do a work. And God, I just pray as we open the altars to pray and to seek your face. God, I pray that each individual, once again, their hunger level would go up for every gifting you have in their hearts. To be hungry for you, to seek your face. And as they seek your face and turn from all their ways, Father, all their evil ways, all their wrong ways, you know, God, will you just speak to their hearts? And as they put their hands to the plow and look unto you, will you do a work? And I pray, Holy Spirit, move in such a beautiful way. We ask this in Jesus' name. Give God some praise in the house of the Lord. Can you do that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in his church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079, or by visiting our website, at SalemFirstAG.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 10.30 a.m., or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.